0: Classic 80s metal.
1: Symphonic death metal opera. But
0: I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath.
1: Many of our listeners weren't even born then.
0: Back first time, it was very progressive.
1: I can see there are thrash elements. You
0: are a metal paradox.
1: A stunning vision of death metal.
0: I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and
1: gaunt. Florenton will surpass Halpert as the iconic heavy metal singer.
2: You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast.
1: Metal fans from across the globe, you are listening to The Great Metal Debate, the podcast where we talk all things metal. This is episode 36, February 2016. Give us a shout on Twitter, at Metal Debate, or email thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. As always, I'm joined by my friend Brian, who puts the mullet in his music. How are you doing, Brian?
0: Well, I'm doing good, although we're not going to be friends this week. I'm just going to tell you straight up, you've got a lot wrong that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to have to fix it.
1: I'm fully prepared to swat down any of your 80s arguments.
0: Oh, it's not just 80s arguments. We're going to talk about stuff that's happening now, man. But before we get there, i got to ask you, how was it seeing Floor again?
1: Two weeks ago today, I drove up to wintry Columbus, Ohio to see Nightwish, Sonata Artica, and Delane at Express Live, formerly Elsie Pavilion. I'd seen all those bands before, but I'm such a huge fan of Nightwish, and in particular, Lori Anson, who I think is the metal goddess, the preeminent metal vocalist of all time.
0: uh, Sorry, I threw up a little bit in my mouth there.
1: And I couldn't pass up the chance, despite the distance, to go see that show.
0: So you saw Charlotte, Tony, and Floor, three of your favorites, man. Got any particular stories about it?
1: Not a lot of stories, man. I did get to interview both Tony from Sonata Artica and Charlotte from Delane. Both interviews are now available up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. But, Brian, in doing those interviews, I had my first run-in with media, who were also there to do interviews. Really? Never run into any other folks doing that before. And I was just struck by the difference between the way we approach what we do and how other so-called press view their roles.
0: Yeah, they have a very prescribed manner that they do it. Well, I don't know if it's that so much
1: as I just don't think that they're fans. Really? What indicated that to you? When I interviewed Tony from Sonata Artica, those guys from this other outlet were there as well, and and they were fine. I mean, I talked to them for a little bit, Uh but... You know, I exited the venue, this was a couple hours before the show, and there was already quite a line outside, folks who were already lined up to see Nightwish. And I was scurrying off to my car to put away my recording equipment, get back in line immediately so that I could get up front. Right. Fast forward two hours later, they're just about to open the doors, and I see these 2 jagoffs just sauntering back toward the back of the line. No interest or immediacy in being up there about getting through the door, getting up to the barrier to worship these bands.
0: Well, you know, I, I oh, God, I hate to do this, but i got to give you props, man. You are the dude that fights for the barrier, and you do it because you love the band and the people that play the music. I just wish you did it for some decent music.
1: I'm a fan who's there to experience and worship, and I don't understand someone who would go there and it's just like, I'm just going to sit back and watch, and I'm the press guy with my fancy press pass who gets to hang out with the band, but otherwise doesn't give a shit. If that's ever me, put a bullet in my head, Brian, because I hate those dudes.
0: Yeah, I thought about putting a bullet in your head many times to some of the shows you went to, but I'll give it to you. You know, we started this because... This was just recording an extension of the shit we always said to each other from the time we met each other and started listening to metal. So there's a passion there, and I think that's the difference for The Great Metal Debate. We definitely love what we do. It's about the music. It's about the artist. It's about the experience.
1: No matter how many artists we interview, no matter what we get to do, Brian, I'm going to be a fan first.
0: I have no doubt if the podcast ever goes down, uh, which it won't, But if the podcast ever went down, we'd still be at shows. You'd still be fighting for the barrier. Dude, it does sound like they're jack-offs. You know, they don't have the passion that we have. uh, But, I mean, seriously, can you call that show a truly all-metal show?
1: Absolutely. Three amazing metal bands. Delane, Sonata Artica, and Nightwish. Again, I'd seen them all before, so I knew what I was in for. A night of pure metal. This was my fifth time to see Delane. And I did get to interview Charlotte after the performance, and I'll be honest, I was a little smug thinking, hey, five times, (laughs) how many fans could have seen Delane five times? And just thinking, I'm quite the fan there at that show.
0: You seemed like a fanatic until.
1: Until, in the middle of the set list, Charlotte stopped and said this.
2: and I think that maybe less people are aware of that. We've got a guy up here, who's probably kind of starting to blush right
3: now, uh-huh. and uh, today, he is seeing delay for the 200th time. Yeah. And I think that that deserves a huge round of applause for all of you. Let me hear yeah. what hear.
2: And it deserves a hug too.
1: It was an amazing moment to see a band recognize their fan and somewhat put the fan up on the pedestal for what they have done for the band.
0: That's great, dude. I wonder, you've got this bullshit argument that you make all the time about fan versus fanatic. How many shows do you have to go to to be considered a fanatic? I mean, you counted yourself a fanatic, but hell, you're no fanatic compared to the 200 guy. I totally
1: agree with you. We had that argument two podcasts ago about the distinction between a real fan and a casual listener. And you said what I described as a real fan was like a super fan. No, this guy who'd been to see Delane 200 times, he is a super fan. He
0: is a super fan, but you're a super fan too. How many shows do I have to go to be a super fan? I've gone
1: to see five shows. I know all the lyrics, own all their albums... That
0: just makes me a fan. Oh, you super pissed me off with this. I've seen ACDC three times. I've never interviewed any of them. I am a super fan of that band.
1: I think you probably are a fan of ACDC. Oh,
0: you fight my ass. I'm not a fan. I'm a fanatic for them, and you know it.
1: I think you kind of like them beyond a casual listener. So, yeah, I would I would agree that you're a fan of ACDC, Brian. Oh, my
0: God. You're... You're just pissing me off. We're going on to the next thing. Because if not, I'm going to throw this damn computer at you.
1: Well, Brian, that evening in Columbus, Ohio, I took in the majesty of symphonic metal. To follow that up, let's play some symphonic metal.
0: Let's play one I like, though.
1: Here's a song by a band from the UK. This is Rhenium from their upcoming album, Rise Above the Sea. This is Nobody Can Hear Me.
3: Don't try to judge me as
0: I tell you what, nobody may be able to hear this woman, but I certainly heard it. I kind of like this song. There was a uniqueness to
1: it. Rhenium is a one-woman band playing symphonic gothic metal. Their first ever performance will be on the 16th of April, 2016 in Selby, United Kingdom. Folks in that area should definitely check out Rhenium.
0: That's a one-woman band? That's amazing. Before we get off this, did Delane play anything off Lunar Prelude?
1: They did, Brian. Uh, It was a short set list being the opening band on that bill, but they were really strong once again, and they did play a number of tracks from their new EP, Lunar Prelude. We do have a review of that EP from our friend Elena.
2: So I would like to review uh, Lane's new EP, Lunar Prelude, which I liked very much. Um, overall, I'm a fan of full releases versus EPs, but given that Dylan is one of my favorite bands, I enjoy them releasing EPs, and uh, you know this one is a good example. So talking about every song in particular, Sucker Punch is the number one track, which is very good track. It's synthetic, very catchy. It has a big sound. Uh, I really like the video for this song. So, uh, I guess this one is probably my favorite track from the whole EP, and probably one of my favorite songs from the whole D-Lane repertoire. Um, There are lots of other songs that I like, but I guess this song is... It just has some really good catchy sound to it. Um, Moving on to Turn the Lights Out, uh, I think it's very D-Lane. It's very, very much in their style. And... uh, I enjoyed uh, Charlotte's uh, soft vocals in choruses, and uh, it's, generally speaking, something that I expected from Delaine. Um Don't Let Go is the familiar track already from the previous uh, release, Human Contradiction, and uh, I found a different mixing, different sense used there, so which was the song itself didn't sound very different to me, but I enjoyed... Uh, different mixing, I guess, to put it that way. Uh, talking about live tracks, uh, I enjoyed listening to live tracks. However, I I would like to hear more new stuff, I guess, from EP. And listening to old songs is, uh, you know, in their live version is something I usually prefer to have as a bonus tracks on the full um, album. In this. Uh, case, I listened to them all carefully and I must say that um, I like them all. And uh, what I didn't like in terms of mixing was probably a bit low vocals mixed versus other instruments. So usually I pay attention to that part because I'm a singer myself and uh, vocals usually kind of a very important part in a band to me. So when they are, especially in metal genres, sometimes they're not very well mixed and you don't hear them properly, so in this case I guess that's what I would myself, if I was a mixing engineer, change a little bit. But I mean, this was a, you can't compute versus the Palm Records engineer, so, but I guess that's what I would uh, add. Um, particularly live version of Stardust, I really liked guitars, they were different there than the original. Um, and that's it I get I guess for live tracks and the orchestral version of Sucker Punch I liked a lot. Uh, I see it as a more cinematic Hollywood Hollywoody like Hollywoodish uh, track and I would I would like to see it as a soundtrack somewhere in a nice Hollywood movie. Overall I got a good feeling about the EP I enjoyed it I'm definitely gonna listen to it many more times especially the first two songs, and uh, Sucker Punch is constantly in my head, seriously, since it got released, Um, and yeah, I hope uh, everyone else enjoys it as much as I do.
0: You know, regardless of what she thinks of me, man, I gotta tell you, I mean, Elena is just a great, a great person, Uh, you know, she knows her metal, she can sing metal, she can play metal, um, and it it was a great review by someone who knows her stuff, You you gotta love that. Thanks, Elena.
1: Brian, let's get back to playing some metal.
0: Let's do play some metal. What do you got on the burner?
1: Here's a track by Friends of Ours, South Carolina technical death metal band, Your Chance to Die, from their 2013 album, The American Dream, with Kalotta Gems.
0: To die. These folks have had biscuits and gravy at my house. They're awesome people. You know, I w- always worry when we praise friends of the podcast because I'm worried people are going to think that we we just praise people because we uh, you know because it's the podcast. We choose people that we like to interview and to review and that sort of thing because we do like them because we are fans. And I tell you what, man, I just love this band. I love everything about the American Dream. We got
1: to see them together. Uh, A couple of years ago, live performing, and they so impressed me with what they could do on stage. I'm very excited about the new material that Your Chance to Die is working on.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've been uh, putting up snippets on Facebook, like teasers, and I can't wait, man.
1: Brian, thinking about shows, I wanted to get your input about a certain type of show that's cropping up more and more.
0: I'm assuming you're talking about uh, what we discussed uh, briefly, where you have these anniversary album tours. Yes. Man, I I got to tell you, dude, I the first one I ever saw of this, Priest did a tour where they played every song in uh, homage to British Steel.
1: That was for the 30th anniversary of that album. I saw Priest on that tour, saw them perform all those songs. But I'll admit, though, I'm not a big fan of this, because I think it encourages a kind of Nostalgia, oh, you
0: suck. That I can't I believe is you're is doing so this. harmful for metal. It is not... Did you like British Steel? Did you like the album? I
1: love British Steel. I think it's probably Priest's fifth best album. And
0: why the... Oh, God. Are you familiar with the term metal moron? Fifth best album? Oh, my God.
1: That was probably a little inflated. The, I do apologize. It's the all best
0: British Invasion album of all time, hands down. How in the hell... Can you not appreciate a tour that plays an album that you think so much of? What's wrong with that?
1: I don't have a huge problem with it on a case-by-case basis, but just the idea that bands are going to be touring, and the impetus behind the tour is, let's look backwards. I want bands to be looking forwards. Yes, keep playing some of the classic tracks, but look forward to the new metal What's new? What are you producing? The idea that bands are having tours that are all about the past, to me, is just ridiculous.
0: What's it like to live a life with no heroes, dude? You can't look back and appreciate anything for being afraid you're going to miss something in the future. You say it's okay to keep playing the classics. Well, why not play all the classics at one show? It's not like you can't play the classics and look forward. For some reason, you think that is mutually exclusive.
1: I do worry that people like you are all in on the nostalgia and then are just kind of there. And if they play some new songs, well, I'll, I'll listen to that. But I, I'm really here to take me back to my youth. I want to go back to the 80s. And that's the impetus behind going to these shows. And I think that's a dangerous and
0: scary idea. The typical ad hominem argument, in my opinion, this is where I win the Great Metal Debate. You can only look forward and that must be a sad thing, having to say goodbye to some of the friends of the past. And that's what metal is. Metal music is like friends from the past. That's why it's great. It reminds me of friends from the past. It connects me to something that was deep and meaningful and purposeful. Dude, you
1: just defined metal as friends from the past. No,
0: I defined metal as friends from the that's, past that's, and future. That's ridiculous. You didn't listen That's to nostalgia. Oh
1: and there's no place for nostalgia in metal.
0: You have no... Oh, my god. If there's not, I feel sorry for Delane and Nightwish, because one day you're going to abandon them.
1: I would never abandon them so long as they keep making new modern metal. Oh my
0: God, and that's what some of those older bands are doing. When you saw Priest, they did play the complete British Steel set, but they had new music on that set also. They only played two
1: songs from Nostradamus, Brian, and I was very disappointed. Well, I could
0: live with that. I'm like Painkiller. You know, Painkiller is 26 years old,
1: Brian. Yeah, but... but, That's music from my grandmother's generation. Well, I'll tell
0: you what, dude. If your grandmother listened to Redeemer of Souls, she would be feeling nostalgic about that. New music that pays homage to music of old, it's perfect metal. It's the perfect way to do it. Bands from the 80s like Scorpions and Cinderella and uh, Rat. Uh, sticks, some of those bands are all playing Blah, album Blah. anniversary uh, tour. Blah. Blah. Yeah. See, you're too busy throwing up based on nostalgia that you can't hear the good stuff. The old stuff with the new stuff. I tell you what, before we leave the subject, tell me, if you had the choice, what album anniversary tour would you like to see?
1: If Nightwish could play all of once on tour, that would be amazing.
0: I commend you on being able to choose. I, I thought about this. I don't know that I could pick just one. There's so much good stuff out there. You got to go with Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, Dio, Holy Diver, or Last in Line. So much good stuff. Black Sabbath 4, uh oh, just big surprise.
1: I mean, if you want to go back in the archives, and dust off the 8-tracks to play those
0: albums, I guess that would be okay, Brian. Dude, I freaking wailed on the 8-tracks. True, you had to wait till it came around again, but most of it was worth it. And I'm sorry that you didn't have that experience, because it was part of metal.
1: Well, speaking of metal, Brian, for our final song of this podcast, let's listen to Canadian metalers' Demise of the Crown off their self-titled 2016 release. This is We Are Invincible. Another incredible metal band from Montreal, Demise of the Crowns, premiere of their self-titled album, just released on Friday, March 4th. Brian, the band will be performing April 3rd at the Piranha Bar in Montreal as part of the 2016 Wacken Metal Battle Canada.
0: I would say that these guys are going to go far in that battle, and I wish them well. Dude, before we get off here, I want to talk about something I'm super excited about. I can't wait. In the Forum Room in Hazard, Kentucky on June seventeenth, 2016, on Bullog Lane, I'm going to get to see two great metal god bands. I'm going to go see Striper and Lynch Mob play together. How cool is that?
1: And they're opening for what? Metal bands?
0: Oh, you suck, man. Did you know that any of the bands that you like would be undercards for these guys?
1: I'm excited for you, Brian, because I know you're a big fan of both those bands, however cringeworthy I think they are.
0: Dude, if you're an 80s metal fan and you're listening, give me a buzz. We're going. We're going to rock it out. We're going to headbang like headbanging was meant to be.
1: Whether your head is in the nostalgia or in the actual metal, that does conclude this episode. Before we sign off, remember to keep up with our amazing content at The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. That includes a debate podcast, artist interviews, and unpredictable fan casts. And make your own voice heard by joining in the conversation by coming to our Facebook page.
0: That's right, folks. Check us out. We're not jack-offs.
1: Until our next podcast, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day.